What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. So this is a lab? Yeah, this is uh, the uh, Robotaxi uh, uh, Flex line. Uh, where they come in. First, it's just the body. <laughs> That's what I call it, the body of the vehicle. And then lots of pieces that uh, have to be assembled, put together, uh, tested. Now, I'm told you're not building a quote-unquote car. No, I'm not. Does don't, this look like a car to you? Don't say the word car. Don't say the word car. So what is it? It's a vehicle. Uh-huh. Yeah, a transportation vehicle. We'll sell you a ride in this vehicle. Can we get in? Of course you can. All right. Come on in. There it is. Okay. So it's comfortable. That's what we want. Uh, we don't want you to think about driving. This is why it's not a car. Hi, everyone. I'm Emily Chang, and welcome to the latest edition of Bloomberg Studio 1.0. Today, we're taking you to the Zooks factory floor in Fremont, California, where they believe they're building the future of transportation. You're listening to CEO Aisha Evans, one of the top-ranking black women in Silicon Valley, who grew up in Senegal. After 12 years working her way up to the top ranks at Intel, she took a leap into the startup world to join Zooks with a goal to transform ride-hailing as we know it. Just a year later, she sold the company to Amazon for $1.2 billion. How does Zooks fit into the future of ride-hailing and Amazon? Could a Zooks deliver your Amazon packages one day? Here's Evan's view of the road ahead on this episode of Bloomberg Studio 1.0. Aisha, so great to be here with you. Thank you for coming and thank you for having me. You came to Zooks as CEO in 2019 over from Intel and just a year later, you sold it to Amazon. How did that happen so quickly? It was a journey. Um, it takes a lot of capital to um, take this endeavor all the way. It's a, it's a worthy one. And um, when we looked at the ecosystem, when we looked at everything that was going around, we had to decide whether to stay private or whether to get uh, a long-term oriented partner, like some of our fellow travelers. And then the pandemic hit, that brought a lot of clarity, shall we say. And so the opportunity presented itself and we, we went for it. Why is Amazon the right fit? First of all, they are a great company. Uh, they have created both orthogonal and adjacent multi-billion dollar businesses. They are long-term oriented and uh, very purpose-driven. So that matched our ambitions. They've never owned a car company, though. Yeah, but we're not a car company. Exactly. We're a ride-hailing company. Talk to me a little bit about how you got to Silicon Valley. Your story is not the story of a typical tech CEO like Jeff Bezos or Andy Jassy. Tell us about your upbringing. I was uh, born in Senegal, West Africa. Uh, and my parents, I thank them to this day, uh, sort of made school um, an implicit expectation. It was an up for discussion. Very early on, I showed an aptitude and interest uh, in uh, math, physics, not so much in biology, and in building things. Uh, and so uh, they cultivated that. And then I bounced back between uh, Paris and, uh, and Senegal learned a lot about uh, what technology does to people's lives uh, and what it makes possible. 
I literally had a contrast every few months. And so uh, computers were coming online. Not the internet, but the, what the internet was going to make possible was also coming online. The US was to, the place to be, uh, to study that. Then uh, basically um, uh, got jobs in the industry and eventually ended up uh, at Intel uh, in, uh, in Portland. Through that, started interfacing with Silicon Valley and then Zooks came along. I heard a story about you hacking a phone in order to talk to your friends long distance. <laughs> did that really happen? Oh yeah, it did. I always had a double life a little bit in terms of uh, family, friends in different ecosystems. I still do to this day. And so uh, back then it was landlines. Uh, it was expensive. It was. And my dad is in, was in telecommunication, so he was not confused. So we had a rotary phone, I'm dating myself, and he locked it. Uh, but obviously, I figured out how to still make the phone calls. Who were your role models back then? Ooh. I mean, it's so hard for young people, especially young girls, to see themselves in the tech industry. Um, Mary Curie uh, was and still is uh, a role model. Um, in France, you study philosophy, and a lot of the philosophers are also mathematicians. Uh, so they were a role model, and they also forced you to think. You worked your way up to chief strategy officer at Intel. And it was a difficult time for Intel. Intel was kind of losing its way. What was it like working there at that time? It was a difficult time in the sense that um, anytime you're successful, you earn the opportunity to talk about what's the next phase of the journey. And I was in the middle of that. Uh, but it was also fun. I learned a lot. What was it like going from an established brand name, storied tech company like Intel to a startup like Zooks. I assume there are major differences in culture and execution there. It was quite uh, an awakening. Uh, so at Intel, I was a little bit known as a, a, not a rebel, but um, somebody who questioned things and who maybe did the normal, oh my gosh, you know, it was too slow or this or that or the other. An agitator of sorts. An agitator, yes. A change agent, I think, <laughs> is the elegant way of putting it. And so uh, when I arrived at Zooks, uh, yes, it was fast. Uh, it was, we were making decisions quickly. But from an infrastructure standpoint, we'd, I was like, whoa, maybe there's a reason for infrastructure. And so, uh, but I embraced the journey and said, okay, we have to build one. Uh, when you're doing uh, what we're doing, uh, it's not just about the technology. You have to think about the steps to getting to market. You also have to think about building the company so that it's ready when you scale. If you wait until you need to scale to actually build the infrastructure, bad things happen. What's it like being a leading black female executive in such a white male industry? It depends. I don't wake up in the morning thinking I'm that. I wake up in the morning thinking I'm Aisha, I've got stuff to do, meetings, decisions to make, kids to take care of, making sure dinner's ready. Uh, obviously, in the moment, sometimes I think about it because you look around, but I, I, I try and turn it A, into an opportunity because, uh, and that's just how I, I have one-on-ones with myself and how you think about it and how you show up is important. So I try and tell myself that means that I'm bringing a perspective that nobody else has. And that's additive. And then I try and also figure out a way to have a, what I call an inclusive environment where I see people's point of view and they see mine. Uh, and I try not to get angry when uh, it manifests itself in annoying ways. What are the obstacles that you've overcome to get here? 
I think that often people assume, uh, both from a gender and uh, sort of uh, ethnicity standpoint, that uh, it's not normal to be here, and therefore maybe you got a discount, uh, when it's often the opposite. <laughs> you, you have to try much harder than, uh, than others. Uh, I've had to work on uh, sort of how I receive information where, or how I, re I, I deal with behaviors that are not acceptable and sort of learn when you take the high road. Uh, I've had to uh, find my voice and not be afraid of it and use it. Are you pleased with the change you've seen or has it not changed fast enough? I can't be pleased. I mean, I, I'm pleased that there is change, but absolutely not. We have to do a lot more as an industry. Why isn't it changing faster? Why don't we see more people like you in positions of power? Well, I think that's a complicated uh, answer. I think it starts very early on. I have a son who participates in Lego Robotics, and we had some observations. And kids are, what, seven, eight, and you already see differences. Uh, I think also uh, from a social standpoint, around middle school, uh, when there's a transition uh, for girls, maybe uh, having a support system to stay in math, demystifying it, teaching it differently. And then as people come up the ranks, making sure, especially for women, making sure that we have a support system around them so they can traverse through some of the, uh, some of the phases, like for example, marriage and childbirth and so on. You're building a ride hailing service, not a car. Why is it important to have a woman in the room? people of different races in the room. I'll give you a story. We were uh, discussing pick up and drop off. And um, I'm the only woman in the room. Uh, yes, I'm always in jeans and what have you, but occasionally I dress up and uh, have high heels on. We're wearing high heels today. Uh, yep, I made a comment when you arrived, right? <laughs> and so I was like, uh, okay, we have to think about it from that standpoint, because if we're giving ride to customers uh, in San Francisco, for example, on a Friday evening, on a Saturday evening, maybe some folks have heels on, and maybe we need to think about the pickup radius, mm -hmm. because expecting them to go up heels uh, in uh, you know, high heels, probably not a good idea. Coming up, how do Zooks outmaneuver Cruise and Waymo in the autonomous ride-hailing race? We'll be right back. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's talk about the competition. What is Zooks's edge over GM's Cruise, Google's Waymo? And if you could level with us, what's their edge over Zooks? I look at them a little bit like fellow travelers. Yes, we're competitors because we're in the same space and we're going after some of the same things. But uh, this is a big industry. It's not going to be a winner take all. Second, it's a safety critical uh, product. And therefore, I think it's important to uh, lay that groundwork. Now, having said that, uh, I would say one of the big differences is that uh, we are going straight to what we think is the ideal product to provide rides to customers. Uh, we are not here to enhance your driving experience. We don't even want you to think about driving. So the customer experience is built in such a way that 
you're here to be transported. You have an app, which you already know how to do today. You have an app where you say, I want to go from point A to point B, especially in dense urban environments. Think downtown San Francisco. And uh, we show up and we pick you up. Sliding doors. You step in, a little bit London Cab uh, inspired. We don't ascribe to taking a car that was architected, designed for a human driver, and then adding sensors and compute to it in order to make it fully autonomous. What about Tesla, which is right down the street? Are Tesla and Elon Musk competition, fellow travelers? This is Silicon Valley. We uh, you know, pay tribute to disruptors. Having said that, we're not exactly in the same business. We don't sell a car to people. We sell a ride to people. Our customers are not drivers, they are riders. And therefore, we use the same types of technologies, but they are in the car selling business. So how does Zoox fit into the future of Amazon? Well, that story is yet to be written. Uh, first of all, we, uh, we hope to deliver on the promise of a, a new segment and uh, sort of a, a big business uh, and be one of those in the tradition of, uh, of Amazon. We know there's a world of possibilities, but I tell everybody we first have to earn it, right? Before we talk about um, sort of synergies and possibilities and opportunities together, zero times anything is still zero and it will be for a long time. So we're focusing on building our business, getting to market, and then there are, there's a myriad of possibilities of things we could do together. Is Zooks gonna be dropping off my boxes? Is that what I should expect? Potentially, uh, if that's the right thing to do and if it makes sense to do so. But first, we're going to make sure to take you everywhere you need to go without having to worry about parking, having a car and so on. What's it like having Amazon as your boss? It's been good. We're an independent uh, subsidiary uh, of, uh, of Amazon. So yes, they are involved. We agree on what's going to happen, why it's going to happen. How often did you talk to Jeff Bezos or do you talk to Andy Jassy or maybe it's Dave Lim? Um, I don't talk to them that often. I mean, uh, we have a monthly business review or a quarterly business review. But no, it's not like I'm besties with them and we're on the phone and rapping and chatting, no. Well, you must know what their expectations are. What is Amazon expecting of Zooks? Execute, get to market, scale. And do you have the funding to do that? GM, Google, very well-funded competitors or fellow travelers, as you say. Are you getting what you need? Yes, more than what I need. Um, I'm, I, funding is not something I even uh, worry about. Mm. So what's it like to operate in that environment where money's not an issue? Well, I mean, you have to be careful, right? Because you also don't want to be a drunken sailor and uh, be like, oh, now I have... You still have to be very disciplined. Uh, you have to manage the phases of the business. We're like, okay, how do we execute? How do we make our milestones? How do we get to market? Were things organized properly? How do we hire? How do we retain? And so on and so forth. How do we stay mission driven? The public seems to have lost interest in waiting around for self-driving cars. Mm -hmm. I rode in Google's self-driving car in 2011. Wow. And I'm still waiting to be able to buy or just ride a self-driving car on demand. Why is it taking so long? I think in self-driving, first of all, the opportunity is so clear. Um, the, so the reach is so broad. We forgot that uh, big things do start small, one. Second, it's a hard problem to solve. Uh, we talk a lot about safety, uh, and we talk, to, talk a lot about human error when it comes to driving, but we also forget that collectively, at least in the United States of America, humans collectively drive 100 million miles before having a fatality. 
That's a lot of mouths. So humans are also pretty good. And the thing humans are good at, which is, hand, I call it exception handling. We all know how to drive. If we were all fully autonomous, we'd be deployed already, but we're driving amongst human, and you have to deal with so many little scenarios. There are so many things that you've been learning about driving since birth. And codifying that using AI sensors and, and computers is turning out to be a lot harder. Last but not least, it's a safety critical system. None of us should deploy until and unless we have closed loop evidence that we're safe. So what does the AI need to learn how to do at this point? What are the challenges left to solve? It needs to know how to deal with unexpected things as they, as they happen. And is that possible? That it, can, can AI learn that? Of course it's possible. I mean, I'm, one of, I'm an optimist when it comes to technology. Uh, I started in wireless, so you have to think from switchboards all the way to today, quite a journey. Um, I'm fascinated by uh, uh, flying uh, airplanes. Uh, the Wright brothers, if they were trying to solve what is being solved in aviation today, they wouldn't have tried. We, we just let, let it marinate, let it take its time. Uh, the algorithms will get better. Uh, compute gets better all the time. Sensors get better all the time. It will happen. What about security challenges? We've reported on how Teslas have been hacked. So you have to design security uh, in your, into your product from the beginning. And uh, for us, we uh, look at all the scenarios of what could happen from a security standpoint. Now, these, uh, these robots or these robotaxis are also recording all the time. So they sort of know what's happening inside of them and around them. So that gives us a little bit of an, of an edge. And then you look at access. But this is something you just have to pay attention to, uh, understand what's going on in that world, and make sure that you design against it. Still to come, Aisha Evans shares her outlook for Zooks' future and her favorite guilty pleasure. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. How many rides have you taken? A lot. <laughs> Actually, it's not fair, right? I take a lot of rides, uh, both in our, our L3 testing fleet, uh, as well as uh, in the uh, ground-up robo-taxi. So when you take a ride, what's your report like generally afterwards? Well, okay, so two different things. On the test fleet, because, and this is a big difference between uh, us and our fellow travelers. I mean, our L3 fleet, uh, the Toyota Highlanders that are outfitted with the same sensor architecture, placement, and compute, they are purely engineering test vehicles. So when I, it's called drive review. <laughs> when I take a ride, it is with understanding what progress we're making, what issues we're still having. I'm fascinated by the scenarios we can't handle how fast was teleops able to step in, and so on and so forth. So then I have a long report, and the app, and this and that. When it, I'm in the robot taxi, it's more like, I'm excited. I'm usually giggly, 
uh, and then after five minutes, I'm bored and I'm on my device, which is what you want. How has Zoox navigating supply chain challenges? Has the chip crisis impacted you? Yes, it has. It's impacted everybody. Um, look, first of all, some things are just more expensive than they should be. Uh, second, but you accept that. It's the same for everybody. Uh, you have to get a lot more um, crisp around your needs because lead times are longer. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really when it pays off to have had a good relationship with your suppliers and treated them as partners so you can talk about your problem statements and uh, arrive to solutions. But it hasn't like slowed us down. It's just been an extra vector to manage. Uber and Lyft seem like they would be obvious partners. Could Have be. you talked to them? We, in this industry, there are no secrets and we're all friends. We all talk to each other at some level or another. So yes, we all have talked to each other. Who do you imagine would be your first customers? Well, first of all, Las Vegas, we've been public that that's uh, our, our first lounge. I call it um, sort of affectionately uh, a one street dance urban environment. How's that? Uh, with a lot of demand. Uh, and then we really think that in uh, starting, at least at the beginning, uh, big cities that have a very dense uh, ur um, urban sort of landscape where people are going to work, people are going to museums, people are going to restaurants, they don't want to worry about parking. Uh, we think that will be the first customer. So commercialization is on the horizon in Las Vegas and also San Francisco. That would be next. How do you stay motivated on that road to commercialization, given that there are still, as you say, these hard problems to solve? Because every day, literally, either something happens in terms of progress. And it's really important to not just look at the ultimate success, but I call it like kind of along the way, the little celebration. I mean, even when I do drive review, yes, I have a long list or, you know, oh, what about this, what about that? But the vehicle will do something new or something awesome. And you're like, oh my gosh, you go, awesome. So there are so many things that happen on a daily basis, weekly basis, that you see advancement. I, I talk, it's like climbing, right? It's like you get to a certain element or a certain place, you appreciate the journey, you turn around, you look down, you see what you've done, then you're like, all right, let's go for the next peak. So as you put points on the board, mm -hmm. what does Aisha Evans see as the future of Zooks? Do you see a global mobility giant or do you see something more modest? I see, I want, and I hope to lay the foundation for a global mobility giant. We talked about human being need transportation everywhere. It opens up access to economic mobility. It opens up access to knowledge. It opens up access to inclusion, uh, not to mention safety, the environment. And frankly, humans, we're just too valuable to spend also 400 billion hours worldwide driving. And we think that this is at the center of that puzzle. So that is the goal. All right. So we're going to do, this is a little rapid fire section yes. now. Um, so just quick answers. Um, what does Zooks stand for? The word Zooks is uh, basically a marine um, uh, sort of species that is solar powered and uh, self-moving in the ocean. Interesting. Best piece of advice for your 20s? Take a chill pill, it'll be okay. <laughs> what about your 40s? Enjoy the journey, you've made it. <laughs> um, I hear you owned a restaurant at some point, is that true? I confuse the love of cooking and running a restaurant. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to cook? Chebujan, uh, which is a Senegalese dish. Biggest guilty pleasure? 
trashy books. <laughs> Ooh, what books? I'm not telling. <laughs> um, speaking of fellow travelers, what's your favorite travel destination? Hawaii. Me too, which island? Kauai. Mm. I'm from Hawaii. Kauai all the way. Last TV show you binged? Uh, I'm in the middle of it, uh, Bridgerton. <laughs> what's your view on work-life integration? I don't use the word balance. Work-life choices, setting expectations on all sides. How do your kids fit into your life? They are everything. They are the beginning and the end. Our driverless future is always right around the corner or 10 years away. Give us a realistic timeline. When can we ride in Azooks? A lot of people ask me, when can I tell my kids they can't have a, they shouldn't get a driver's license? And I think it's gonna be probably my kids' kids. Arguments for and against going public? Against, uh, definitely focus. Um, the quarterly pressure is something I understand and know. And uh, this is a long-term journey, so focus is important. For, it seems to be everybody's dream in this valley. <laughs> is it yours? Is no, that the plan? No, my, my, my dream is to, uh, uh, to get this, uh, this robo-taxi out there and to see it deliver the promise that I know it will. Is Zooks going to be on public roads this year? I don't know. We'll have to see. What about 10 years? What does success look like for Zooks in 10 years? Several cities. And um, there I say, hey, I'm going to Zooks my way over there. Aisha Evans, CEO of Zooks, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you. My pleasure. I appreciate you coming over. And that's it for this edition of Bloomberg Studio 1.0. Thanks for joining us. This episode is produced by Lauren Ellis, edited by Brian Cardigainer, and executive produced and hosted by yours truly, Emily Chang. We'll see you next time. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.